welcome everybody to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. I am passionate and excited to tell you about today's show. Today is Wednesday. If you're listening live, we're at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and we are ready to take your calls about this show. Today's topic, he quits after the yes. So a guy goes full throttle to win over his girl once the hunt and the chase are complete and he gets his yes, he quits playing the game. Is this a good move or has the journey just begun? Join my guest today, Tim Alexander and I, to discuss this hot topic. You can join in. Dial us at 951-922-3532. 951-922-3532. Before we get into today's topic, if you happen to have missed last week's show, we were talking about Nice Guys Don't Get Laid with author and funny guy Marcus Melaton, who has clocked in over 1,000 radio interviews, including spots on Geraldo, Montel, and Lisa. The premise is women are not vending machines that you can drop kindness coins into until the sex drops out. Tune in to last week's show to find out why Nice Guy doesn't work and what you can do about it. If you happen to have missed last week's show, it's so easy to find. All you have to do is go to Google SoundCloud, the men's advocate, Google SoundCloud, the men's advocate, and now I have a brand new app. Uh, for uh, Apple users, your iPhone and iPad users, uh, go ahead to the iTunes store and check out my brand new app. Just uh, put Linda Gross in the search box and it should come up. For those of you who are Android users, uh, that app will be coming very shortly, I would say in the next couple of weeks or so, so stay tuned. Anyway, let's hop back to today's topic. Why is the guy doing this? Okay, I get it. You guys are linear. I get that you guys are goal-oriented. And once you've achieved your goal, you feel like you're done. You've, you know, you've already crossed that finish line. Why do I need to bother with this anymore? So let's bring on my guest, filmmaker, uh, an activist, men's activist, and a relationship fixer who focuses on strong marriage and families to sustain our future. And above all, he personally is successfully uh, is a successfully happy husband and father. Uh, Tim Alexander is always eager to share what he knows and what he has learned about life and love and helps and likes to help others to get it right and find balance find the balance that he has found in his life welcome tim to our show thank you thank you it's nice to be here awesome and by the way you can also subscribe to tim's very popular youtube channel all you have to do is in the search box of youtube just go to Tim and Karen. That's Tim and Karen. By the way, this link will be on my Facebook fan page, so in case you missed it, if you're driving around or what have you, it'll be on the Facebook fan page for you to click on. So, welcome to the show. What do you think about the premise? Do you think a lot of guys just stop when they cross that finish line? The moment she said yes, and the yes could be to maybe yes to sex, or yes to monogamy, or yes to the proposal. Why do you think guys stop? Well, yes is often the prize, and the big yes is usually sex. So, there's a problem with... Um, it, it depends on which side I'm speaking from. This, um, this has to be somewhat seen from the woman's point of view because they're the ones who are usually disappointed mm-hmm. after they say yes because a lot of times a man will petition a woman. But, you know, I'm a guy, and a lot of guys know that their prize is not necessarily to put their back into giving the most they can to a relationship. A lot of them are looking for what they can get out of a relationship. You know, what is she going to do for me? You know, right. uh, often they're just raised by their mothers and they see women as caretakers. And so they know that they have to do the work to get her because it's a competition and men are competitive. So they're going to compete, make sure they beat out the other guys, say the right things, do the right things. But once they're there and they're comfortable and, um, you know, they've gotten the prize, which is sex, then they have to deal with the rest of the woman. 
And a lot of times their enthusiasm and their skill set just isn't up to the task. Absolutely. So uh, is it okay for the guy to remain complacent? I mean, you think that's okay in the relationship? Do you think it's okay personally? You think it's going to be cool with, the, with his lady? Well, here's where, here's where we have to separate the men from the boys. I see things from the point of view of a man. I'm a 57-year-old man. I'm married. I have kids. My mother and father were together. His mother and father were together. There hasn't been any broken line of married men in my family for generations. Mm-hmm. Now, we have these other men who are men in age because they reach 18 and they have you know, male genitalia, but they're not trying to function in the traditional way a man has. They're guys. So a guy wants to get with the lady because she looks good. She gives good sex. You know, she makes his world complete. She's working. She brings in more money. You know, boom, boom, boom. We combine our resources. We can make something happen. Yeah, I may want a shorty. I may want a kid. You know, mm-hmm. but that's a different thing. Whereas a man is going to look at that relationship more holistically. I don't just want the woman. I want the woman forever and I want her happy. That takes work. Now, if we're talking about that kind of man, there's an old song. You can look it up. You'll probably find it on YouTube. The same thing it took to get your lady hooked is going to take the same thing to keep her. And, you know, a lot of times we do a good campaign to get the person. Then once we do, we're like, okay, now, you know, I don't have to do all that. And as far as I'm concerned, that's wrong. You have to constantly reinvent yourself. You have to be always willing to do the work. And then when that starts to cease to hold the woman's attention, you have to do some more work. Because it's about winning. And to me, the kind of man I am, the prize is to make it to death and be happy while you're making it. Absolutely. What song were you thinking of? Uh, the song is the same thing it took to get your baby hooked. It's going to take the same thing to keep her. That's the oh, song. That's, oh, that's the name of the song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a long title. <laughs> All right. Yeah, um, that's the chorus, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That that is that is so true. It's like uh, you just. I think the if the guy has the mindset that yes, you won the first prize, you won the first yes, and you just have to reshift your paradigm that okay, now there's a new goal, and that goal is to be successfully married or successfully happy or what have you. So uh, yes, you finish that one, but get on the track again because hey, you got to make another lap. <laughs> <laughs> there's right. a and new you know, game in town. <laughs> absolutely. And it's up to the man because there's a lot of men see women as expendables. And there, there's even a website, Plenty of Fish in the Sea. And yeah. basically guys went there just fishing for, you know, for women. And they don't really see them as something that you're actually supposed to make a life with. You know, and the expendable woman paradigm is fun while you're young. And, you know, it, it, it holds up for a bit, but as you get older, that wears thin. And then you start finding that you're encumbered with a lot of things like multiple, you know, women who have had your children that the courts are making you take care of. Or as you start getting older and the options start to slim down because either the women are already ruined or, or the goings are taken or whatever, you start to look back at your life and say, well, what have I accomplished? Mm-hmm. And so I'm a strong proponent of decide the man you want to be when you're 60 while you're in your 20s or 30s, preferably in your 20s, because whatever you set up in your 20s is going to be, uh, have a great deal to do with the man you're going to be in your 60s, because we do get older. And that's that's so, that's so hard to do as a young person. I mean, just like young people don't want to talk about retirement funds. They don't want to talk about death. So maybe... When we come back from the break, you know, what tips can you give a young man for looking into the future and perhaps working backward from that place? Absolutely. Great. If you've just joined us, you're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Do join us on today's topic. We're talking about He Quits After the Yes. Our phone number is 951-922-3532. Again, that number is 951 951- 922-3532. We're looking to hear your comments and questions. We'll catch you right back after the break. Hey guys, do you have a nagging problem that you just can't get a handle on? Now you can talk to an expert coach right in the privacy of your own home. Meet in person, over the phone, or with a free Skype call anywhere in the world. 
Linda is here to make it easy for you. Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Linda's expert advice gets you through tackling relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and removing lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back, usually handled in four sessions or less. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's themensadvocate.com slash coaching. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with The Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross. On KMET, 1490 AM, Smart Talk. Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today's topic is he quits after the yes. A guy goes full throttle, throttle to get the yes from the girl, and once he's won her over, he just stops playing the game. He thinks his job is done, and he's moving on to other things. Call us on this topic, 951-922-3532. That's 951-922-3532. You're on with my guest today, Tim Alexander, who's a filmmaker and men's advocate. Uh, Activist, I'm sorry. And uh, let's get back to the topic. Uh, right before the break, Tim, you were saying something about uh, the young man should look forward to maybe age 60 and to try to see what his life is going to look like at that point and maybe look backward. How can we get a guy to be future-oriented like that? Well, first I'd like to lay a bit of a foundation. You know, I'm a man, love being a man, but I... I was born in 1959, so I remember what men were like from a certain time period. And, you know, everything has shifted. Women are different. They're not yesterday's women. So there's a lot of different dynamics. So what I'm saying, you have to take the parts you can use, but I know it has to be adjusted to fit today for the younger men who are especially in their 30s and under. But there are some things I decided as a child that I didn't want to do and some things I decided I did want to, I did want to do. So I lived my life by those standards. Like, for instance, I've, I've literally never smoked, drank, or used a drug. I decided I didn't want to. When I was young, I decided I want to be a family man and a working man and have a wife and kids. And that was always my goal. But in the process of getting to that goal, I'm not going to say I didn't deviate. I was out there doing my thing and sowing my wild oats. And a lot of times I did have the agenda of the prize was just to have sex with a woman. And then once I got it, by usually the third time, I was like, okay been there done that if it was cool i'd hang around for a bit but i knew that wasn't the woman i really wanted to spend the rest of my life with so that question is a little bit loaded because what does it take to get a woman to say yes or to get the prize it depends on what the prize is if your prize is just getting her in bed then that's a pretty shallow prize and you can get that prize over and over and over and it doesn't amount to a hill of beans when you look mm -hmm. back on it but if the prize is to be in a long-term committed, fulfilling relationship, that one you have to put some work in and the work never stops. So if your goal is aligned with the goal that I have, what I feel a real man should have, which is to be a husband and a father and build a legacy through your children, you know, have a relationship that sustains you until you die, somebody to take care of you when you're old and all that stuff that families used to be made of, you have to lay that path early. You know, the reason you can get on the on Route 10 and go from L.A. to New York is somebody laid that highway. They had a vision to say, we can drive from this state clean to the other side of this country if you just stay on 10. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, you have to say, where do I want to land? 
do I want to, to ultimately meet a great woman, but I've already got three other kids and I can't afford to date her or take care of her or take care of our kids because I got too many child support payments. You know, um, when you get involved in a woman, are you involved with her because she's sexy, even though she gets on your nerves? Or are you involved with a woman who is a woman that you can really see making a life with, even though she may not be as sexy as some of the other ones? It's hard to get it all. So maybe have a heart-to-heart with yourself as to what is the goal and get that really clear in your head as to what, what that end goal is. You can't overtake the goal until you define the goal. You right. have to know what is my objective for being a man who wants to be in a relationship with a woman. If your objective is to have sex, then you figure that out on your own. If your relationship is to have a real relationship and marriage, then, you know, I'd like to advise you on that. So I'm not going to talk about the guys who are just trying to get it wet. That's a whole different, they're, they're, they're <laughs> something else. Yeah. Know? But um, for men who want to be men, who want to be able to look back and say, I raised, you know, two healthy sons and a daughter, and I'm proud of them, and now I'm a grandfather. For you guys, I respect you guys, first of all. But the way you do that is you have to, if you are unfortunate enough to have been raised in a house without a man, you have to find out what are the standards of manhood. Find some traditional values. You know, find some old black and white TV shows. Uh, um, leave it to Beaver. Father knows best. I know this sounds ridiculous, but the values in the 50s were the textbook for what the world tried to live by, unlike the values on television today. You know, find older men who are married successfully and talk to them. Ask them questions. Ask their advice. Ask them what they feel about this. Is this a good woman? Is this a bad woman? What do you do when you get in a situation like this? You know, I, I try to tell her things. I try to, to leave my house, and she tells me how strong and independent she is. How do I deal with that? You have to, to get some mentorship from somebody that actually gets it. Right, and someone that's also, been through those trenches, right. Who's been through it, yeah, and, and who's successful at it. You know, in my case, I had a father. And a lot of times I meet men who are raised by mothers alone, and most of them aren't the best men in relationships because they don't know how. They never saw it. But some of them actually are exceptionally good men in relationships. And so I ask them, where did you get your man from? And some of them would say my mother, and then I, I press them a little further. No, where did you get your man from? Your mother's not a man. What man was central in your life? Oh, oh, I had a next-door neighbor. Uh, you know, he blah, 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 blah. And I used to right. go over there all the time and watch him and his son, and, and he would take me with him and his son. We would do things together. That's where you got your man from. It's an uncle. It's a grandfather. And, and one case is very interesting. One guy grew up. He said, I was raised by a single mother. I'm like, you were raised by a single mother? But, yeah. But, but you know, it, it turns out his single mother got married when he was two. Ah. And is still married to this day. And he's 40. I'm like, dude, you had a father. What do you think stepfather is? <laughs> so right. He, he, he probably wasn't just a figurehead. He was a good blueprint. Right. But his mother kept waving the single mother banner because the birth father wasn't there. Mm. And that psychologically set him up to not realize that he did have the advantage of a two-parent home. And so... Men have to first look in themselves and say, where am I going to get my man from? I was dealt a disadvantage because I had nothing to do with the fact that my mother and father never should have said hi to each other, and now here I am. Now my father skipped away, or my mother pushed him away, or whatever the case is, and now here I am. Now my mother raised me. The new trend is giving mothers Father's Day cards. Yeah. And I saw one Father's Day card that said, I want to grow up to be a man just like my mother. Ooh. That crushed my spirit. You cannot be a man like your mother. Unless you want to pluck your brows, put on heels and, and blush. And, and, and that's, a, that's usually not the best man to be a husband. <laughs> now, uh, and there's men like that. Hey, power yes, to you. Yes, there are. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but there are people so, like go that. Go for it. Go for it. But we're talking <laughs> about heterosexual relationships here. Yeah. So, you know, but you can't be a man like your mother. You have to be a man like a man because your mother was not a man. Not only wasn't she a man, so often your mother didn't have her father, so she wasn't raised by a man. And obviously, she didn't pick a good man to be your father. That's why he wasn't there being a good father. 
So now you have all that piled up, and how are you going to get positive manhood values from her? She can only show you what she thinks a man should be. But right. you have to find your man in yourself. You have to find it through reading. You have to find it through experiencing. And the way a man learns above all is to experience. Men are taught. If you notice how you teach a boy, you show him by example. You do it in front of him. He watches and watches and watches. Next thing you know, he can do it. When he's not doing it right, you take his hands and you, you say, no, you do it like this. You, you're a little rough with him at times. You're like, hey, dude, get this. There's a certain thing that has to be passed down. If you look at, 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 at ancient cultures, the girls stayed at home and, ma- and managed the, the home with the mother. They swept, they cooked, they cleaned, they washed, they went and got the water, they went and got the groceries. The men would go out and hunt with the boys. They taught them a completely different set of lessons and instructions. Men were men and women were women. They were very, very defined roles. Now, unfortunately, under 35, there are not very defined roles. Women are female men, and men have to learn to be more sensitive and function like, you know, like a, a male with a female emotional print. So now there's a blending in the middle. It's very, very hard to lead today's younger women. I do not envy the young men. I know what I'm saying to you is it, it, it kind of makes sense. Then you're like, how in the world do I do it? Because women don't respond the way women traditionally responded to men because they knew the men were in charge. Now they don't believe that. Mm-hmm. So it's a big challenge. My advice, above all, is you're a serious man about having a serious relationship with a serious woman until the day you die, find a woman was raised with their mother and father in the same home. Makes a tremendous difference. A girl raised by a single mother sees I got to be strong and do it all by myself. She sees the mother disciplining her brothers and running everything. And her example of how to act as a woman is like her mother did, which is going to be I run everything. If you find a girl who grew up with a father, she understands this is a, this is a man, that's his position, this is a woman, that's her position and she doesn't see it as competitive she actually appreciates what a man brings into a relationship because she appreciated seeing her father do it and she appreciated seeing her mother appreciate her father doing it if a girl has not seen that she cannot appreciate in in many instances instances i'm not going to say never but usually she can't appreciate no matter what you do and how well you do it because she's not used to it so it's very important if you want a relationship like the marriage I have. My wife was daddy and mama raised, and I thank God for that because she gets it. Now, there are times when after watching Sex in the City and Scandal and, and just the part, being a part of the modern world, she adapted, adopted that more, you can't tell me, blah, 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 I'm strong, I'm independent perspective. But I was able to back her up because she understands what walls are. And now... After 30 years of being single, she's able to put away, you know, her female machismo and allow me to be the man that brings comfort to her so she can just relax and just know that, hey, I got a big, strong man to handle that. I'm good. And it made all the difference in the world because this is the first relationship at 57 years old. I can truly say this is the first relationship I've had where it was a serious relationship, where the woman was properly raised by both parents. I spent my whole youth going through broken relationships with women that didn't have fathers. And it took me that many years to figure it out. She wasn't raised like me, the other women I had. This woman that I'm married to now, who makes me happier than anybody ever has, was raised like me. And that's... Of course it's... Yeah, of course... First, it's best to always have somebody who has who's been raised with the same morals and values. And in today's age, of course, the nuclear family is always best. That's what makes a family strong. That's what makes the kids strong because they learn by example. But you do have to admit, finding a a, a, a bride to be in that category is like winning the lottery ticket today. Very difficult to find. So I think you know, go ahead and search for someone like that 
who has the same values as you and was raised like you, but if you can't find it, then it still boils down to the guy. It still boils down to uh, the guy's, con- I would say conviction is probably the number one most important ingredient. And how do you get conviction? By conviction, I don't mean be a bully or be arrogant or anything like that, but you have to be a confident person that if you personally weren't raised that way, y- hey, you've got to break the chain. And like you say, do it through reading, do it through getting a mentor, do it through uh, following by example by successful men who have walked ahead of you and learning from them. So not all of us can have uh, that great nuclear family background. And uh, if you don't have it, you still have an opportunity to create that life for yourself by doing these things. Right. I agree with Linda 100%. Now, let's say what's the next best thing. That's ideal. If you can find a, a woman from a nuclear family, that's ideal. Now, the next best thing, did she have a good stepfather? Did her mother have a healthy relationship with the long-term boyfriend, or was she good with men? Is her mother- or a healthy ad- Probably the most important ingredient is a healthy attitude regarding men. I know a lot of women, maybe they chose wrong, but they don't want to take ownership of that situation. So they kind of deem, you know, all men are bad or whatever. And that skews how they raise their daughters or how they raise their sons. So actually, um, a single mom that has a good attitude, attitude is everything. Because, you know, her relationship might have broken up for whatever reason. I'm not putting fault on either gender there. But you know what? She had the common sense to introduce grandpa or uncle or sports figure, sports coach or religious figure. She had the sensibilities to know that both sexes matter and to introduce uh, the other to that child's life. Absolutely. And, you know, that's that's so true. Um, And the reason I'm putting emphasis on look at the background is whenever a person goes to a therapist or a psychologist, the first thing they do is ask about the childhood. Because if somebody's born in New York, they have a different accent than somebody who's born in Mississippi. So Mm -hmm. if the mother does not have a healthy attitude about men, for whatever reason, that will usually spill over into her daughter, which will become your problem as a man. If the mother has a healthy attitude, even if she doesn't have the ideal relationship, if she just has a good attitude, that helps a lot. But girls also learn, like boys, by example. What did that child see? That child needs to, at some point, that girl needs to see her mother being loved correctly and see her mother receive it correctly so she knows how to be loved correctly and receive it correctly. She also has to know how to reciprocate, you know, because there's an ebb and flow, there's a give and take. Imagine if the ocean, the water kept coming in and coming in and coming in and never went out. We'd have a tsunami. It has to come in, it has to go out, it has to come in, it has to go out. So both parties have to have an ebb and flow where they know how to give and how to receive. And you as a man have to be the chief giver. You have to make sure that no matter what happens, you know, your your word, your strength, your 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 mentality, just everything about you, that you have a leadership quality that's not demanding and domineering just to be domineering, but one that inspires a woman to want to follow the the program that you're laying down because it's a sound program that makes her feel secure and then Absolutely. you have to find and when you and when you say chief giver i know a lot of men have trouble with that concept today they think why am i going to give 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 and get nothing back in return but guess what that's not how the math works if you're doing it correctly if a guy gives a hundred percent he will get back 110% because that is the woman's nature when she feels safe and secure and that you've got her back she will you know run circles around you to try to figure out well what can I do to make my man happy so you know we got to get off this selfish attitude that oh I'm not going to be the first one I'm not going to be the giver you know I'll just wait and see what the other person is giving me no it doesn't work that way yeah and just like any other relationship when we first got married you know, we had our challenges. She had to get over 30 years of being independent. She had to detox. And the best revelation I, I helped her to realize was your job in this relationship above all is to make sure I'm happy no matter what. And my job is to make sure that you're happy no matter what. If you're focusing on your own happiness, then we're going to fail. My job is to focus on your happiness. And your job is to focus on mine. 
And if we fulfill each other, we'll both be fulfilled. I'm going to feel good knowing that I fulfilled you as a woman. And that means I'm going to give my best because I'm looking at your happiness and your balance is my responsibility. If you do that with me, neither one of us come up lacking. And that's the best way to give and the best way to receive. The best way to receive is to try to be the chief giver with someone else who wants to try to outgive you. That's the best competition in a relationship. Any other competition is working against each other. Absolutely. And that, that, th- what you have just said, and I'm going to reiterate this uh, after we come back from the break, it is the best one-two punch you can give to the relationship. And we will come back with that right after the break. Uh, if you've just joined us, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. We are talking about He Quits After the Yes. Please call us with your question or comment, 951 922 3532. Again, that number is 951-922-3532. When we come back from the break, I'm going to talk about a letter um, uh, from the minister's advice and how that ties into what Tim just said. You've had a long day. You just want to escape the world, and you know just the place to do it. Round up your mates and head over to Henson Brewing Company, Burbank's premier craft brewery. Quality, complexity, and always easy to drink. Follow our progress and support us on Facebook and Kickstarter. Coming summer 2017. Henson Brewing Company. Come as you are. Hey guys, you've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, Real Truth About Women That'll Change Your Life Forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and if you want, to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM, where men can be men. Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today, our topic is He Quits After the Yes. We're joining my guest today, uh, filmmaker Tim Alexander. By the way, Tim gives uh, coaching, one-on-one coaching to uh, individuals as well as couples on love and marriage and how to get it right. Please uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel, Tim and Karen. That's Tim and Karen. Just put that into the search box, and that should come up for you. Uh, Check out his links from my Facebook fan page to get further information uh, from Tim. So I wanted to return, uh, and and, uh, I, I saw this article that was written by a minister, and he was set to counsel this this young couple and uh you know the 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 fiance the male fiance was clutching uh his lady's hand very tightly and the three of them were talking about you know wedding arrangements with how many bridesmaids and the ceremony style and my fee you know the minister's fees and how many people are in the wedding and all these details right 
But the minister somehow got the idea that there was something that was left unsaid in the room, and it's a question that practically nobody asks. So finally, the minister turned to the young man, and he said, you know, do you have any other questions that I can ask, answer for you? And the young man says, how do you build a successful marriage? Well, ain't that the million-dollar question? So. This particular minister kind of was caught off guard because, like, nobody asked this question, right? And he himself had been married for more than a decade at that point. He had officiated hundreds and hundreds of weddings, and he should have been able to give an answer right off the top of his head, but he hesitated. And then he was wondering, why am I hesitating? Um, And so he answered the young couple, and he said, you know what? This is such an important question. Let me sleep on it. And next week when we meet again for our next session, I'll have the answer by then. So um, anyway, the two couple walked out of his office and they looked at each other and they said, oh, my goodness, we're going to let this man, this minister, marry us. And he doesn't even know the answer to this question. I think we should go back in there and ask for our deposit back. And so the young man said, well, let's just let him do his job and we'll come back next next week and see what he has to say and sure enough uh, they came back and the minister was ready and his answer was you know I've been in this marriage and my wife and I have a lot of differences we argue about this that and the other Um, we're not always on the same page with things we don't always have the same interests we don't always share the same friends so I had to think really long and hard about your answer but here's my answer put each other's needs above our own and I think that's very similar to what you were saying Tim that no matter what make your job's duty to be focusing on making the groom happy and um, similarly you know, the, the groom's job should be making sure that he's making his bride happy. Everything else falls into place if you just remember that. So the opposite of that is we, current ha- we currently have a climate, a social climate of everyone wants to be selfish. And then they're expecting that the relationship is going to work. But that's kind of the opposite demeanor than what you need to get this job done. Yes. Put the other person's needs ahead of yourself. Try to walk in their shoes. You might not agree with it. You might not like it, but just try to walk in their shoes for a brief moment, or if, if, you, if it doesn't come to you right away, step back from the situation, give yourself a little time to think. Maybe it's a half an hour, maybe it's the next day. Like, you know, this minister didn't know right off the bat either. He had to come back a week later. That's perfectly okay. But when you come back, make it in the manner of unity. You are there to act as one unit, And you're not going to injure your spouse because that would be like shooting yourself in the foot, right? It would be harming yourself. So if you make it a matter of unity, it'll all fall into place. Absolutely. And, you know, I had to make a strong mandate, really stand on it, that we don't say me and I in this relationship. We say we and us. We have to get the... It, it, it's when you're your own person, everything is about I. I want this, me, I. And that's just a natural, you know, a natural thing. But once you get married, you have to start thinking about the other person. And usually when an argument ensues or a conflict ensues, it's I this and me that and I. But when you start looking at we, it's a little bit harder to argue the same things from the, from the perspective of we. Because you have to kind of uh, uh, bring all that together, you know? Yeah, and, you have uh, to reframe, reframe your brain. And stop thinking about yourself and start thinking about, well, what's best for the collective we? What's best for us? Because this isn't just about me. And it's a very difficult pattern to break, a habit, so to speak, because you have been all about yourself. But now you have to be all about the other person and make sure you pick somebody that's all about you. Then you have to say, hey, what do we need to do? What's right for the collective we? Because I'm not a me, I'm a us. And that's a very important concept to realize when you're married. You're a us. Yeah. 
And it's perfectly okay that you don't know the answer to that. I mean, just the fact that you have the awareness and the thought to frame the question or frame the situation in terms of we, um, you know, if you can't figure it out on your own, that's what she's there for. Figure it out together. Or maybe it's some sort of compromise or solution that you never thought of and never experienced. But it's right for the situation. It's right for the couple. Um, So just raise your level of awareness to the we and things will start to fall in place. We and not the me. You know, one thing I did want to ask about your question, your question, I mean, the topic of the show was um, when he says, say say the topic again, the topic of the show. He quits after the yes. Isn't that? topic from a woman's perspective I, yeah, I know, we're, I, I know I, we're, we've been yeah. talking to the man but that topic he quits after the yes is from a woman's perspective that's why I had to flip my brain around to speak from the man's side from the man will be I quit after I say yes <laughs> yeah and you're right the yes could mean different things it could mean you know but, but, but monogamy or sex that, or from the from the uh, answering the question from the woman's perspective of why he quits but this yeah. is from the man's perspective of why he doesn't continue to do the same things or, or why he's not prepared to to um keep engaging that woman to build the relationship forward so you know i just want to to you know put a little focus on that but yeah no, that's a that's a very good point because if his goal line is I'm just going to get sex from her, then he's done after he's got the sex. So I agree that that's yeah. his goal. And so, so and um, so rephrasing it, why do I quit after she says yes? Is really what we should be saying to the men. You yeah. know, why do I quit after she says yes? Why do I not try as hard after she says yes? It's because either a your intentions weren't there. For her best interest, they were only there for yours. And after you got her to say your goal was, your intention wasn't about looking out for her best interest. It was about looking out for your best interest. So that's why you quit after she says yes. Another reason you quit after she says yes is you find it too hard because you're not equipped and you didn't understand how serious it was and how much work you would have to continue to do after she says yes. And you grow weary. You have to be man enough to stand up and say, I'm going to win at the game of love, regardless of what the challenges are, challenges are. And to win at the game of love is to be with that person until you die and to have a mostly positive experience in the process. That's winning at love. Divorcing, cheating, giving up, that's not winning. That's absolutely losing. To have a miserable woman who makes you miserable is not winning. The only way to win at love, if you're a serious man, the kind of man I'm talking about, is a man up and lead your woman someplace that she's enthusiastic about going to because you have your program together. And that is constant work. You have to stay a few steps ahead of her to always give her someplace to keep striving toward reaching with you. You can't lead somebody from standing behind them. Then you're following you can't lead somebody when your hands when you're side by side, shoulder to shoulder. You lead when you're in front and they're trailing behind you just slightly. So as a leader, you have to constantly stay ahead emotionally, mentally, you know, financially, in every aspect. You have to say, Baby, I love you. We're gonna make this together. Here's the program. We're gonna go this way, we're gonna go that way. It's the quarterback calling the plays. Mm-hmm. Of course, the wide receiver, receiver, and the running back are enormously important. But the quarterback, he has the ball. He's got the plan. He has analyzed the field. He knows which way. If we do this, boom, boom, when you go there, you go there, you go there, I got you. I'm going to throw it here. Boom, boom. We're going to make these points. That's what it is. You're the quarterback. And she's running back what you throw. I That's love that. You know, as long as we're going with a quarterback uh, visual there, let's let's take that. You know, uh, this was the uh, f- potentially the fifth Super Bowl. And, of course, nobody wanted to vote for Brady because he's Mr. Perfect. Nobody wanted to vote for the Patriots because, hey, this is their first, 
fifth go round doing this uh, in so many years, you know, everyone wanted to vote for the underdog. So there they were at the third, I think it was the third quarter. He was 25 points down, and the photographer snapped that shot where his head was held so low, and he just had to pull himself together. It didn't matter that it was NFL, that was Super Bowl history to come back from that big of a deficit. He had to do what it took to regain those 25 points and then some. And it turns out that in 16 minutes after that uh, photograph was taken, 16 minutes, that's all it took, they won the game. He turned that whole thing around. So, you know, it's just like I was saying earlier, earlier it's a lot about conviction it's a lot about getting that that inner strength to do what it takes to muscle through it and figure it out you have to so, build and and the and the underdog just croaked at that point i mean they could have just stayed on their winning streak heck they were so far ahead but they didn't do that they croaked and you know he took the prize and he Brady accomplished so much because, like I say, everybody walked in there, like I'm going to vote root for whoever is against him, and they ended up not only liking him but liking the team and cheering for that for the Patriots at the fourth quarter. It all can happen, and it reminds me of a story of uh, from Will Smith, the actor Will Smith. He was married on his first marriage and he absolutely was in love with this girl and uh, so he thought he was doing everything to continue crossing that, that finish line and she dumped him badly and royally and they say in psychology we do things in human nature um, to avoid pain or to gain pleasure. Pain and pleasure, right? So he never wanted to have his heart broken to that degree ever again. So he figured it out. I don't know if he talked to people or read or whatever he had to do. And he went in prior to his second marriage. He ended up marrying uh, Jada Smith, as you know. He went in thinking, I am not going to quit. I am not going to fail. And I am not going to have my heart broken ever again you know, to this degree, because I don't want to go there. That pain was too horrible. And I've done that once, been there, done that. I'm not doing this again. So he figured it out, much like Brady. He figured it out, like, what is the winning uh, charm? What do I need to do? And let's get this done. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, here's something real simple. If you're building a building, you build a foundation, You can build a nice, strong foundation on some good dirt. You can put a nice, single-family dwelling, two-story, sprawling house on it, and it's great. But you can't take that same foundation and put a skyscraper on it. It's not a sufficient foundation. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a foundation that's sufficient to support the size of the building. If you get a really strong, independent, domineering, very self-sufficient, very strongly raised woman, you can't be a soft guy and expect to create a program for that house you got to be you got to be a strong man the stronger the woman the stronger the man you have to be if you're a passive easygoing man then maybe you need a more gentle woman unless you just want to have a mother you know so you have to make sure that your your foundation man is strong enough to support the woman that you're trying to engage in a relationship with so you got to be man enough to really man up and show her that she can rely on you and that you are all the man necessary for the job and the task of leading that relationship. And that doesn't mean domineering. It means leading. And you lead by example. You lead by being a good example of being a good leader. And if you do, eventually in time, she'll start to relax and she'll start to say, hey, I trust you. I'll go with what you think is best. Because you prove yourself. It's a process. And you, And as a guy... I say the best way for a guy to do that is through your actions. You know, talk is cheap. You know, a lot of guys are talky, 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 but then, you know, there's nothing to back it up. You know, after a while, you know, that might work for a little while. You might get away with that for a month or two or whatever. But in the long run, a smart woman is going to look to your actions. Do the uh, actions match the talk? Uh, In fact, you don't even need talk. You just need to have the actions to where she feels safe and secure and that you've got her back. 
That's it. And with regard to uh, posing the question, and, you know, he quits after the yes, I agree. You know, his end goal might be, you know, sex is the end goal. And that's perfectly fine. I don't have any issue with that. I'm just saying once you reach that end goal, you have to create a new end goal. Like, what's the next chapter? What is the next lap around around the uh, the stadium? Just create the next one because you know what? You wouldn't be doing this in business. Maybe you sent out a hundred resumes. Maybe you went out on ten interviews and you finally got the job. Guess what? Monday morning, you're not going to quit and stop doing what you're doing. You have to continually prove to your your boss and to your company that you have value and that they should keep you around for another day. Let so if I can is- ask a question. Is that what is your next goal with that same person with a different person? Because if your goal is only sex, maybe your no, goal no. is to feel. I mean, it could, it could go either way. You know, okay. maybe the guy is only considering, you know, I'm going to have sex with X amount of women. Okay, whatever. But if you're talking about the same w- woman, then you have to get to a point where you're constantly setting a new goal. Well, and once once like you reach that goal... Like, get to the next goal. And, you know, it's better, after the first one, it's better if you set collective goals because then you're operating from a place of we. But, yeah, it's important to set the next goal. Well, then one thing I would like to say to a man, if his goal is to have a a, a really fulfilled marriage or relationship that goes long-term, like lifetime long-term, then the first goal should never be sex. That should be something that is a a part of a balanced relationship, but that's not the goal. Sex is just a function. You can have sex with somebody you can't stand. What you need to do, your goal needs to be on how can I build the perfect relationship with this person that will last me for a lifetime. I'm willing to do anything to build it. That's the goal. Absolutely. Thank you. And if you have uh, just joined us, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Uh, I want to thank my guest today, uh, filmmaker, men's activist, Tim Alexander. Go subscribe to his YouTube channel. Just type in Tim and Karen. Uh, Check out his link on my Facebook uh, page. And also, if you like the show, show your love. Listen, call, like my fan page, follow, comment, share, tell a friend, download my brand new iOS app, and buy my book on Amazon. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next week on the Men's Advocate Show, 3 p.m. Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll check you out then. Thank you so much. See you next week.